This archival program of Design Matters with Debbie Millman was produced for Voice America Internet Radio. New programs with better audio quality are now being produced for Design Observer. You can subscribe in the iTunes Store or at the Observer Media Channel on Design Observer. Welcome to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the show that takes you inside the provocative and stimulating world of design and branding as it intersects with contemporary culture. Here's your host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. While waiting online at a Midtown Soups and Sides deli, a cup of vegetable soup glowing hot in my hands, I noticed a peculiar thing. The customer at the counter, a sweet-looking old woman with a stunning Louis Vuitton bag gripped in one tiny fist, placed her meager items on the counter, pulled out a handful of cash, and proceeded to order lottery tickets. I didn't pay attention at first, this being New York, the city that practically invented the slogan, a dollar and a dream. But when the long roll call of lotto jargon flew from her lips, Like a devout widow counting off the beads on her rosary, I started to worry. Quick pick, mega millions, take five, straight in the box, the jargon flew effortlessly as the clerk tapped on the machine and cranked out the slips. And it didn't end there, for soon after she unfurled the poetry of scratch-offs, Lucy, Juicy Loot, Sunny Money, Set for Life, King of Cash, an endless catalog of intermingled chance and desire. By then, the collective grumbling on the steadily increasing line was becoming more pronounced, and new characters were making their entrance. A man standing behind me said to his friend, To make up for his misstep, I had him make donations to two of my favorite charities, my bartender and my drug dealer. Another man, who was leaning against the icebox, said into his cell phone with a voice that dripped like olive oil, Since you obviously don't know how to get sugar from a sugar bush, I say it's time you tap into another venue. The young woman with the martyred look who stood in front of me continually grabbed the stray ends of her hair and chewed on them hungrily as if she hadn't eaten since the Velvet Revolution. And of course, there was me, a cup of soup sweating in my palms, my heart beating because for a moment I imagined myself as a girl wearing an Alice band who happened upon a rabbit hole. But instead of Wonderland, I'd wandered into a tamer version of Dolly's vision of hell. I'm sorry to report that after the old woman snatched, snatched up her tickets and shunted down the counter to begin her penny-scratching, the young hair-chewer, after ordering a pack of camel lights, restarted the lotto rondelet, leaving me chilled and congealed soup. Well, on behalf of Design Matters, I'd like to thank the New York State Lotto Commission, without whom none of the proceeding would have been possible. This little chance medley experience got me thinking about quirks. We all have them, even if we don't want to admit it, from the repulsive businessman who clips his fingernails on a bus to a gruesome guy who flosses on a transatlantic flight, which I happen to witness with wide-eyed dismay, the man working against his gums with the zeal of two lumberjacks operating a cross-cutting saw, humans do the strangest things. And our own quirks are what define us as unique individuals. 
There are troves of signage that are peculiar to every subset, and our distinct qualities are what aptly describe the wealth of contradictions and moods, the originality of style and substance inherent within us all. Even the way one smokes a cigarette is overt testimony to their one kind of DNA. Could anyone else in the world blow as beautiful a plume of smoke as Bogey did in Casablanca? Or transmit the now cliched message of utter cool as exemplified by James Dean's rebellious stare, cigarette jutting from his lower lip? Let us consider the more recent examples of famous quirks. The weird swirl on the peak of Donald Trump's skull, which looks like the deflated hairnet of a burned-out fry cook, and the baby-talk look he gets on his face when he's about to say, You're fired. Or the droopy-eyed, drunken pout of Paris Hilton when she slurs almost inaudibly, That's hot. Her body at half-mast with hands that perpetually swat away invisible paparazzi. Billions of examples abound, whether you vacation in Sun Valley or hail from Rigo Park. It doesn't matter, for arts are, if you were to examine yourself closely, you'd find that you were way weirder than you thought. So don't look too closely, or you may never leave the house again. After my morning jaunt at the deli, I went into my office consumed with outrage and fury. As I recounted to my colleagues every last baffling behavior, the conversation turned to all of our quirks and bad habits. While no one would admit to having any, Lisa reminded Jen that she screamed out, NAILS, every time Karen tapped noisily on her keyboard. Rena retaliated by telling Clara she always crinkled the silvery-orange package of her granola bar when it was time for her afternoon snack. Jen then told Andrew that he was such a loud talker, she could hear him yapping on the phone in the next office. No one would believe the follies of their own behavior. Then everyone stopped and looked at me. I looked back in mock horror. What, I asked, do I do? They all started laughing. You mean you don't know, Rena replied. No, I said, I don't. They continued laughing. Lisa went first. You have a really loud way of blowing your nose. Then Rena added, you apologize a lot. And finally, Jen threw her two cents in. When you're nervous, you tap your stomach. I was mortified. I had no idea. Well, I knew about my nose-blowing abilities, but stomach-tapping? That was outrageous. After I recovered from my embarrassment, I realized that most of these behaviors are unconscious. None of us had any idea we were being so incredibly annoying. Clara didn't realize she was crinkling her healthy snack wrapper. Karen was unaware her nails were so grating. And Andrew insisted he wasn't a loud talker. Our quirks and odd mannerisms are manifestations of living on autopilot. Perhaps it is in our nature to avoid conflict, and perhaps it is in our nature to be oblivious to our own freakish behavior. But not me, not anymore. Never again will I tap my stomach when I'm nervous, and next time I see someone flossing on a midnight flight, I'm going to wrench the floss from their fat little fingers and threaten to strangle them with it then I'll apologize, of course. Welcome to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guests are de today are Hjalti Carlson 
and Jan Wilker. Before we get started with our interview, please let me tell you a bit more about them. Carlson Wilker Inc. is the design studio for Yalti Carlson and Jan Wilker. I'm going to get this right if I say it over and over and over again. Located in the heart of Manhattan, originally from Iceland and Germany, the two of them plus one intern work on all sorts of projects with a wide range of clients. Sometimes they give talks and workshops and they teach at the School of Visual Arts. Combined, they should have over 90 years experience ahead of them. From time to time, they have parties on their rooftop in their backyard, or their backyard. Welcome, Hjalti and Jan. How are you? Very good. I'm good, thank you. You look <laughs> bored, Jan. No. <laughs> are you bored? <laughs> He's deciding what to say. <laughs> Just <laughs> awkward <laughs> silence. Should, should I be um, honest? Brutally yes, honest. Of course you should be honest. <laughs> I drifted away in your uh, pre... Um, Preamble? Yeah, a little bit. Did you think it was boring? Uh, I guess my reaction, or I, I'm, I don't know, sorry. And I've never been here in the Empire State Building, so I'm just looking outside. So, so you're, you're, you're distracted. L- yeah, let's distracted. say this is the reason. All right, well, then I'll yeah. talk to Hjalti, and you can keep <laughs> no, talking. No. You can keep wandering. You can talk to both of us. So, um, obviously, I'm going to go back in history a little bit. Um, is it true that you came to this country because you won the lottery in Iceland? Uh... Sort of, yeah, sort of. And and I, tell us about your lottery experience. Okay, I was, uh, how old was I? Early 20s, 21. And I was working as a candy salesman. I was selling candy. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was, yeah, I'll just, <laughs> I'm just deciding if I should tell the long version or the short version. I'll, I'll just tell well, the... Well, we have about four minutes till break, so if you think it'll take four minutes, no, no, go no, ahead I'll and tell the whole long story. I'll say it in ten, ten seconds. So I was, I was a candy salesman in a little van, and I was driving around Reykjavik selling candy, and uh, went into one of the stores. We bought uh, these scratch-off uh, lottery tickets, <laughs> me and my friends, <laughs> me and my friends. I know, I know. And uh, and I told my friend, okay, if we win, or if I win, you'll get half. You did? Yes, I told him. And I was like... That part I didn't know. So I, I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, so he, he selects the uh, the tickets, and I tell him, you know, pick a ticket, and whatever we, whatever I win, you'll get half. And then he uh, picks the ticket, gives it to me, and I look at it, and I'm like, no, I, this is not the right ticket. So I give it back to him, and I'm like, I want another one. So he picked another one. And then I was just about to scratch it off. And then I look at him, and I'm like, ah, you know what, I'll change my mind. You'll get one third. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, hurry up, let's get out of here. And then I scratched it, and I think it was uh, maybe $20,000, or <laughs> it was a lot of money back then. It's a lot of so, money now, yeah, $20,000? Yeah. I think, it was, yeah, maybe like twelve or 15000 back with today's money. So, so I, yes, I think it's true that a portion or some of the money I used to to come here, to go to school and to, to move here. And did you give your friend the third? Yeah, I gave him the third. That was and awfully he, generous and nice of you. Yeah, yeah, he insisted. He, did, he didn't want it <laughs> to begin with. But then, you know, in the end, he, he had to take it. So he, he got third. Now... And, and, and strangely, I haven't seen him since. I haven't seen this guy for like... 15 or 20 years. Wow, what, what did he do with the money? <laughs> I have no idea. Really? I have no idea. I, I really haven't seen this guy uh, forever. Wow. But I, I, hope he's, uh, I, I hope he's okay. 
Now, I understand that before you came to the United States, you studied physics. Yeah, I think that's sort of overblown. Oh, really? I think, like, I, I took, like, a physics <laughs> class. <laughs> I was and thinking, I, that's fantastic. He's a designer who's into physics. Yeah, I know. I'm in science. No, I... just have a fun time talking about theories of the universe. No, but it's true. I, I majored in physics for two years, but I, I could not... I could not tell you one thing that I studied back then. I can't, really? I can't remember a single thing from this. Well, I promised I actually wouldn't do this one minute before break, but I actually am going to, only to contain the answer. Yeah? So, how do you think the universe was created? You know what? I need much more than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I could answer this in like three hours, four hours. Okay, when we come back. Yeah, sure. All right, well, I'd like to let everybody know that they're listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice American Business. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guests today are designers Jan Wilker and Hjalti Carlson, partners at Carlson Wilker. We'll be right back with our broadcast after these messages, so please don't go away. Four oh ones, stock, mortgage, retirement, wealth. We cover it all. Voice America Business. It has been said that to live is to choose, but to choose well, you must know who you are and what you stand for, where you want to go, and why you want to get there. On Reap What You Sow, with host, performance management specialist, and executive coach, Alana Daly, achievement and success through expanding yourself and your life is available at the click of a mouse. Reap through redefining your goals. Educate your mind, your body, your conscious, and unconscious. Apply what you learn and plan, and it shall be. Success over and over again, and wealth result when you reap regularly reap what you sow with alana daily broadcast each thursday at 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern on the voice america business channel reap what you sow learn the rules of the game then play better than anyone else welcome to voices of design brought to you by adobe where creative professionals speak out about their work and what inspires them we're speaking with paul sidlow the ceo and founder of resonate a design agency that develops the media identity for clients across a broad range of platforms paul tell us how you begin the process of creating a brand for a client we create a language that bears the brand of that company to do that we will take keywords of a brand attribute a smart illuminate and make that in to an icon and so our job is to provide quickly define that language and it's a little bit like sculpting you got a block and somewhere in there is that person and you carve that person out through this process and the faster you can get to that the more efficient you are and the more time you save that customer in getting to market You've been listening to Voices of Design, brought to you by Adobe. Coming up in the next break, Paul Sidlow talks about creating imaginary worlds. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. We're back with Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you have a question for Debbie, feel free to call us at 866-472-5790. Once again, here's the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guests today are designers Jan Vilker and Yalti Carlson, partners at Carlson Vilker. 
If you'd like to join our conversation, if you have a question for these lovely gentlemen, our phone lines are now open. You can call 1-866-472-5790. And, gentlemen, we do have a caller. We have Gregory from New Jersey. Gregory, thank you for calling Design Matters. Hey, Debbie. Hi, y'all. Hello. Hello. Boy, after that quirk um, monologue, I... I, I don't know if I'm going out of my house for the next month. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my review Sorry of my work that. is kind of extensive. Um, I have a question, you guys. Um, is there or do you think there is a difference in de- design philosophy uh, between Europe and America? Hmm. Um, should I take that? <laughs> yeah, let's give this over to Jan. Yeah. Jan, who's been very quiet, daydreaming. Jan, take it away. Looking at the Chrysler building. Your dream um, question. I, would, I can answer. Uh, maybe I cannot answer this, but I'm going to say something. Um, I think that there is a difference in... I guess there is a cultural difference. Yes, speak very, very loud, Jan, because you're, you're, <laughs> Yalti and I are <laughs> overpowering you volume-wise. I'm going to wake up. In a little while, I'm, I promise. Oh, um, okay. five to four. <laughs> okay, stand, stand there. All Go. right, uh, yes, okay. more there energetic. Go. There you go. Okay, yeah. um, wow. very good question um, from New Jersey. Um, I would say that there's uh, uh, no doubt there's a difference in culture. The people that live in the states, I guess, live different than the people in Europe, and I think that this also manifests itself in how they design. And I would just say one quick example is that um, I think people in Europe when they grow up and the way ha- how I grew up and ma- many other people over there is that um, when you turn 10 or 11 years old you've already been to maybe 5 or 6 different countries, you played with other kids and you were guests in other countries and I think you just become much more aware that you're this one part of, of many you're just one little part in the world and to me it seems like that that, that the states they're just too big uh, um, to have this experience so early. So I think most of the people that turn 10 or 11 over here, they haven't been to another country and, and uh, were treated as guests and they had to behave. And I think that this, well, I mean, I hope this makes sense. Maybe not. Um, well, um, then I guess another question would be, um, in European design <laughs> so this firms, no they, this they depend as much on demographics and focus groups as they do in America? This oh I have no idea about this kind of design world I I don't know I have no idea I never I was never a part of any focus group project I don't know if if this is more common over here I, I, sorry yeah same with, yeah like our studio we don't really no focus groups I think it's just two of us <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or the, whoever is in the studio uh, have you ever been in a focus group a part of have it have you ever seen one no no no. You know, really, probably you have the right idea. That's probably the best thing you can do. Don't don't go to one. Absolutely. Okay. Don't go to one. Well, thank right. you for calling, thank Gregory. You. Have a Take nice care. Memorial Day weekend. You too. Bye-bye. So, gentlemen, you both met at Stefan's. What's the matter, Jan? <laughs> so, finally, I can be on the radio, and then I just give the worst answer. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> He's like, okay, moving on, next question. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. There are 40 minutes left. Yeah, you still you have we time still have 40 minutes you to blow people away. Yeah, I'm going to work on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you both met at Stefan Sackmeister's office. Healthy, yeah. you were employed there, and Jan, you came to New York from uh, Germany, yeah. and you were Stefan's intern. Uh, what was it like to work for Stefan? Uh, yeah, Be for honest. me, like I, I was there for uh, four years. 
Now, were you the person that carved the uh, writing no. into his skin in no. the Cranbrook poster? No. That was uh, Martin Woodley. Okay. A very nice guy. <laughs> it's a nice, nice, good designer. Uh, yeah. So I was not the one who carved the, the skin of Stefan, but I. No, I was there for four years, and I, I loved it. I thought it was amazing, and, uh, and, I think it's sort of like still today. A lot of people ask me. Well, like they assume that there were a lot of people in the office, mm-hmm. like someone that doesn't know the office thinks that there were maybe 15 or 20 people there, but it was just me and him plus an intern. So, uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was amazing. I, I loved it. How I, did you get the job? I mean, thousands and thousands of people apply to work with him. How did he pick you? Why did he pick you? Uh... Uh, no, I was going to say a lame. <laughs> I was going to say a lame joke, but please then I, do, I decided do. not to do no, it. No, no, tell us lame jokes. <laughs> no, it's just so bad. Friday afternoon. And no, no, uncensored I uncensored radio. No, no, this joke was Carlson a joke. Carlson Vilker. It was just pathetic. It was a pathetic joke. But no, I basically uh, had seen something that he did in a magazine, and uh, and then I sort of did a little research, and I really liked what he was doing. And at the time, I had. Uh, I had been freelancing for for for, uh, for a few years, three four years, and I just really wanted to work in in his studio. So I dropped off my. I think I called, and I dropped off the portfolio. And then he called like half a year later, when he was looking. And then, you know, he just, uh, you know, yeah, he just picked me. I don't know. He just picked you. So you won the lottery twice, basically, in your life. Yeah. Well. <laughs> So yeah, so I yeah, so I started working there, and uh, and yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was amazing. And so Jan, you weren't in. Now Jan, I want you to put the microphone much closer to your lips because we want to be able to hear every scintillating word, okay. every pearl of wisdom coming from you. And put the shirt back on, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> so so you were picked as well. And again, I know that I think Stefan now has like a three-year waiting list for his interns. Mm-hmm. How did he pick you? Why did he pick you? Um, I don't know how or why, but I know that I, um, I think that was in, back in 98. Um, I just really wanted to um, work with him, be an intern in the studio, and um, I didn't really care where he was. I mean, I would have applied if he would have been in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago? As if that's the worst place <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was a, <laughs> 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 a great example. <laughs> like the worst Chicago or uh, wow. <laughs> wow, that's horrible. <laughs> that would be brutal, Chicago. That would be really bad. Um, so, so what do you attribute your your being chosen? I mean, just your your portfolio, your chemistry. I tell- I, um, I sent him my little crappy printouts back then, like being a student, and ju- I p- put together this little, um, like the, these, assemble these printouts that I just had. Mm-hmm. And then I sent it to him, and I said that I would like to um, become his intern. And uh-huh. then he um, wrote me back a letter and said that I should come, and I should, um, yeah, I, I, yeah. And then I, six, uh, I think uh, six months later, I... I um I was there. I was in New York for the first time in my life, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I I I think back then I again I didn't really care about New York so much. I just wanted to um, uh, work with him and see how how he does it. And uh, 
just exactly what Yalti said before. I really try to um, read up on everything and, and, and try to be very, very well prepared when I came there. But somehow I was under the impression that it's like 10 people, 15 people. Really? And I mean, I really thought that I did my homework and I go there and it's him and then this Icelander sitting there. And, and I was just so extremely happy to see that this is actually possible. I could, if you would have asked me back then, I would have said, no, you're joking. So where is the big studio? Where are all these people? And right. I think it's just, all the big I, ideas coming from one or two people. I think, yeah, I think this completely blew my mind and this just made, made me so happy. So, was it love at first sight between the two of you? Did you just know that you were destined to work together? And between the two of us? Yes, between the two of you. No, I have to say, like, my recollection is, uh, <laughs> it was just very, like, it was just, I mean, you're in the office, you're working, and then, you know, Jan comes there, and it was all fine, and it was all, you know, it was all okay. But it was, it was not like, like and we sometimes laugh at this, that it's... Uh, like we, I think we went out maybe once together. We had a drink, mm -hmm. so so it was not like that. We were best friends within a week or two. Or so who who asked who first? Who said let's start a business? You want to start one with me? Who said it to who? I, I mean, one one thing <laughs> be, be, one thing before we yeah no I huh, huh. what what well I think I would say that he asked me and I guess he's going to tell you that I asked him but I think the truth is that he asked me actually really Kelsey yeah. is that true no, no he asked me like <laughs> 10 times really and he paid me I, w I was very hesitant in the beginning but then he came money. called me and said Jan can you please do this he, he just talks about you all the time I was like okay this is my line he's, he's taking my line <laughs> his he? parents called see, me so this, this is your shtick you have shtick you, when people, yeah, yeah. people ask you you have it like all ready to go it's yeah, all nailed down. That's not the first interview. It's all, <laughs> <laughs> it's all nailed down. So what would you say is the biggest thing that you learned from Stefan? What was like the one big takeaway from learning fr that you learned from working with him? I think that you just you can uh, you can just have a studio that is small. You don't need uh, thousands or well, like you don't need a lot of people to run a uh, an office. Mm -hmm. Simple, simple as that. I mean, I I would add to this that just caring, caring about everything, caring about every single louder <laughs> again. <laughs> Jesus. So All right. much for discretion. <laughs> <laughs> nice a handwriting, big, by the way. There's louder? a big sign here that says louder. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just so laid back today. I don't know why. Usually I'm very different. Uh, that's not what I've heard. Yeah, and it's not very talkative. <laughs> Talks and talks. Um, where was I? Did yeah, I no, I think that this is like, uh, I mean, just being dedicated and, and, and just caring so much about what you do. I think this is just so inspiring and great to see that, that, that someone is doing that. I mean, I think this is really so powerful for me. Now, in terms of, of starting the business with each other, was this something that you always, did you always want your own practice or was it once you met, were influenced by Stefan, met each other? And then the timing was right with Stefan taking his year off from clients. Was it more serendipitous, or did you have this this idea uh, going into your voyage here in New York that one day you wanted to open up your own studio? Like in my case, I never had this big dream to start uh, a studio. And uh, like, and when I was in school, a lot of you know students they were like, "Yeah, hey, I want to open up my own place." That was like all their 
uh, like all their ambition was in this and and I would say with me like after working with Stefan four years uh, I sort of realized like where would I go after that like I, I didn't see myself going to another place so it was just I think the timing for me like then it was just sort of perfect yeah let's just do something together and that's how it happened yeah, I think it was just the, the timing. And me, and of course, like meeting someone that you could sort of do this with. Do you guys ever fight? No. Physically? Like <laughs> well, I was going to ask you physically yeah. after what we, we discussed. I think there are uh, photos mentally. out there where I try to wrestle him to the floor. Actually, I think I've seen those, but I thought those it's were jokes. It's in the book. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no. And, um, no, sometimes. But I think it, this didn't happen in a while. I think now oh. it's just like an... No? Like an old couple. <laughs> we're, getting not even. we're getting gray together. <laughs> we're turning gray. Do you, do, you, do you bicker? Do you get on each other's nerves? No? no? Like a silence. <laughs> yeah, I'm still looking at the window. Yeah, he yeah. so doesn't want to be <laughs> here. No, no, no. The view is just so nice. I'm going to put the curtains down if you don't stop. It's a crazy view. Okay. Look it out there. Okay. So much of your early journey in, in your career, in your business, is documented in the book that you wrote after your first two years in business, a book called Tell Me Why, The First 24 Months of a New York Design Company. Putting out a book after 24 months in business is pretty ballsy. Um, what made you decide to do that? What gave you the idea that this would even be something newsworthy, the the antics and going on, goings-on and and journey of a, a fledgling New York design firm? I mean, I, I think the reason for that was that um, it was so hard for us in the first few years and months to make sense of all this. Why is it so hard? No one told us. Like, no one ever told us that it's going to be hard. Did you really go into this thinking that it was going to be easy? I mean, yeah, I think so. From, like what, you from what I knew, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be easy. I mean, the... Uh, I didn't really ha had a lot of experience working in places, so I just I basically only knew how how Stefan did it, and uh, I was just like, th this is the this is how it works, this is how you do it, and and, and all yeah, and and I agree. It's sort of like when we started this, I was like, this is yeah, gonna be super easy. Fake, yeah. We're gonna have like months of clients, a lot of money. How did you think you were gonna get the clients? Ah, just from from thin air. <laughs> <laughs> really? We just thought they would call in, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, you we didn't even think about this. They would. You just get enough phone lines, and then yeah. they just automatically ring. They just start calling. Yeah, yeah. We had, it, yeah, and we it had didn't like happen. And it, it was like this weird learning curve because we just started this completely oblivious and just thinking, people just call in like out of the yeah, out of the blue. Really? And then, and then when this didn't happen, and then when the big excitement of like having your own office in New York and sitting in your half-empty office. Uh, drinking beer. If this is somewhat, uh, somehow waiting after a few months, this excitement, then you think like, oh my God, the phone didn't really ring for like five months. <laughs> uh, we should do something. And 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 then we just had to come up with some sort of a plan. And uh, and I, I also think that all these uh, books out there back then were so glossy monographs. People in business for 15 years, super successful. They can't even remember that they ever. Uh, 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 were unsuccessful. Uh, everything is just so polished and great. So I was like, "That's the way uh, design studios work. You just open them, and they're awesome." <laughs> wow. So I, I read. I loved the part in your book, by the way, when you described the proposal that you gave to Princeton Architectural Press, the publishing company that, that published the book, 
So this is what you, you wrote. Um, the typical design book features a well-known design company, shows the best work from the past 15 or 20 years since the opening of the studio. Everything is great and everyone is happy. Stories are romantic memories and told a hundred times before. Took a year to finish, costs around $45, no risk involved. The Carlson Vilker book was proposed as, features a little-known or not-known-at-all design company, Shows all the work from the first 24 months since the opening of the studio. Everything is not so great and everyone is not that happy. Stories are new and fresh. Took four weeks to finish. Costs around $19. Risk involved. So would you say that this is true to what was ultimately produced? I think the price is incorrect. I think yeah, it was in the 29. end 29. But oh, I think 29 instead we, of 19. We, we finished the whole book in four weeks. Yeah. That's amazing. But, but the, the writing I, I have to say one thing. We didn't really write the book. Claire Jacobs. Claire, yeah. How, yeah. Did you, how did you get Claire to do it? Uh, what was that about? We had done two projects with Claire. We did a book with Boim, and she was the editor. Mm -hmm. and she works with Pre oh, yeah. Yeah, she works Princeton. at Princeton. And we just, yeah, we like her, and uh, and somehow the idea came up that she would write it. Because it was sort of, with us, we didn't really want this, uh, like a, a design writer. Mm-hmm. So we wanted someone, or yeah, or we liked the idea of having someone write more about the story of the studio. Mm -hmm. So. And so, so you started. I know you started your business. You both borrowed some money. You had yeah. some money from your lottery winnings. Yeah. And you started your business. You got your phone lines, and you sat at your desks, and you waited for the phone to ring, and then it never did, or it didn't for the first five or six or seven or eight or twelve months. So how did you go about? getting business and becoming famous? I would say, like, the when we started the studio, the first job that we got was from Stefan, mm -hmm. completely directly uh, from him, and it was uh, Pat Metheny. Mm -hmm. The Pat Metheny uh, CD. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we had done three or four CDs with him at, uh, at, at Stefan's, so he came directly over. So it, it and there was a, that was a nice cushion to have, like, this, yeah, it was Warner Brothers, paid quite well and so I would say like first one or two months this was great like it was all just super easy yeah, I think we and got seven thousand dollars for this for this one CD package and mm -hmm. we're like man this is it we're gonna do this yeah. for the rest of our life like one one job like this for the next 50 years and that was then also our business plan actually uh -huh. one project <laughs> like this <laughs> like what a, what a stupid business plan <laughs> But and this is sort of how it was. And it's even that true. didn't really happen. No. So, okay, so you got the Pat Metheny job, mm -hmm. and then that carried you for, what, the first couple of months? Yeah, then it was uh, Boim. I think Boim came in with like a with a job, like a, uh, a mailer. How much did you feel like you did in the, in the first two years that you're now embarrassed by? There are a few things, but... Uh, I think these were all amazing jobs. <laughs> <laughs> they were no. awesome. They were all amazing. <laughs> we have a caller. We have a caller. Isabel from New York, thank you for calling Design Matters. Hi, Debbie. Hi, everybody. Hello. Uh, I wonder if you have any advice for people starting out in the business when, when they're branching off on their own. How do you hold on to your integrity and be true to yourself, uh, with, especially if the client is challenging? Like, Have you ever been getting given something to do and you're just not feeling it or you disagree but you need the business what does one do yeah 
Good question. I'm going to keep talking while they're thinking <laughs> so that we don't have yeah, that we're both leaving awful, awful <laughs> dead air. <laughs> So what do you do? What do you do? Well, you guys did some fun things. I mean, you, you have some wonderful, quirky stories about ways that you were able to get yourself some attention and different projects that you did. Um, what do you think is the best new business uh, tactic that you ever employed? Is this now another question? Or oh, yeah, let's do both questions. Let's, 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 let's do Isabel's question, question first. <laughs> no, thank you, Isabel. It was too but difficult. No, no, no. I was giving you time to think. <laughs> With another question. With another How question. does that work? <laughs> well, Man, now I'm stressed out. It's backlog. It's backlog. <laughs> okay, so so can we think a little faster? <laughs> yes, let's think. Of, come on, let's speed it up. We're like killing yeah, so time. Go for it, Carlson. <laughs> so, so what sports do you guys like? <laughs> I said, what sports do you like? Table tennis. Ah, uh, foosball. You're foosball, big foosball yeah, players. Yeah. See now, while we're good. doing this, this silly banter, you're thinking about mm -hmm. the other questions. Very hard. I, okay. okay, I'm gonna take a crack. Take a, oh, take a stab at it. Take a stab at it. Okay. I think yes. if you're already in this position, uh, then I think something went wrong. Uh, the few weeks leading up to this, like when you find yourself in this position, um, working with a client, and the client, and you're not feeling it, I think then you either said yes too soon, or the client was not uh, uh, that. Uh, I don't know. I would say what you got to do is this. I hope you have a pen and paper now. Uh -huh, okay. <laughs> you're gonna call us in the office in like two hours. <laughs> Yeah? yeah, this is the number. Uh-huh, okay. It's 212-929-8064. And you ask for me, and then I'm going to talk to you, and then maybe I can... Uh, I, that gives me basically two hours to think about this. <laughs> I, because I just... I, I'm sitting here with a beer, and I still look at the Chrysler building. It's just too nice, and I just can't think of anything good, funny, or even smart. <laughs> so Fair enough. I okay, well, thank you, everybody. Call me. We call okay. at 4.30. Call at 4.30. I will. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Isabel. Good luck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, exactly. so let's go, back. <laughs> let's go back to my um, my question, the question that I asked after Isabel's question, which is, what what would you consider to have been the best new business tactic you've employed since being in business? What was the most successful thing you've done in order to um, attract new clients? I I would say like the only I feel like the only thing we've done is sort of. We did a mailer that we sent out to people. We um, uh, dropped off our portfolio once or twice, mm -hmm. and we actually got uh, we got a job from this once. Um, but I feel like we're we're not very good in, in getting new jobs. Like even if we were like in the beginning, you know, we were in the office, these two or three phone line, phone lines over there, and nothing to do. We didn't really. You know, we didn't really have any tools to go out and get jobs. No. You know, so we were just sitting in the office. The phone rang. It was, you know, a friend calling. So we were just always waiting for jobs. Mm -hmm. And I think it's uh, it's somehow still like this. It's it's not like that we pick up the phone and call mm -hmm. a couple of numbers or. And I also think in uh, like looking back in retrospect, I think that I think maybe our our way was. We were just very, um, how can I say that, patient. 
Mm-hmm. We just, I mean, if you stick around for long enough, I think then it's going to work out. Really? I think so. I think all these, we're going to do this one amazing mailing piece and then the phone is not going to uh, uh, stop ringing. I think this is, I guess, a, a little fairy tale. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe it works, uh, but I've never seen it in, uh, uh, yeah. But you've really struggled those first years. I mean, wasn't yeah. there a time, Jan, where you were sleeping on the sofa with your girlfriend in the studio? And had no place to live. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true. And, uh, yeah, it's true. It, so I mean, you lived there it was and then you, yeah, you, yeah. you showered in the gym and yes. the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so, so things are better now? Yeah, I, I mean, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but, yeah. But I, do, I mean, I do think it's somewhat of a, a fairy tale for a company to come out um, very quick out of the gate within just a few years uh, get to design the cover of print magazine, to be featured on the cover of creativity magazine. I mean, you've gotten quite a lot of notoriety for the work that you do, and yet you're still a very young firm who's still uh, looking to looking to find ways to get work. I mean, I think six yeah. years is. I mean, it's yeah, now it's not old, but I mean, I think we're not. Yeah. I mean, it's been six years now. I think it's quite a long time. Yeah. I think. Well. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, there's there's lots of firms that are that old that have not gotten the the notoriety that you have. Yeah. Okay. Next question. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have another caller. We have Marion from Canada. Marion. I hope this is the Marion that I know and love. Marion, thank you for calling Design Matters. Hi. Can you it hear is. me? Okay. Yeah, we can. Hi, Marion. Hello. Marion Banshee's calling hey, from Vancouver. Yeah. Hi, hi guys. How are you doing? Hello, Marion. How are you? I'm fine. I'm, well, I have a cold, so my voice is wrecked. But oh. anyway, hey, Debbie, can I talk about the publican calendar? Yeah, please. Okay. Well, Debbie's been um, invited to be, the, I think, like the, the editor of the next publican calendar. Is that right, Debbie? The co-editor, yes. Yeah. And um, I was wondering if you guys had any advice for her for um, working with uh, working on this project. <laughs> Well, Jan is still yeah. looking at the Chrysler building. <laughs> no. Jan, yeah. take it away. Pay your attention. No, no, I take mean, the, away, yeah. we have a lot of advice, actually. But okay. I, I'm not so sure if this is that interesting to... Should I call you after Isabel? Yes, yeah. call, me call us at five. 5, 5 o'clock. No, seriously, I mean, this is... Yeah. Uh, I was not aware of that, and please... Maybe this uh, is too specific of a... And it, it also involves some... Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> I can't okay. even go into that. Another joke faded <laughs> so away. Marion, Marion, ask, ask, you, you, you know these gentlemen rather well. I know you've spent time in their studio. Yeah. Um, what, what question do you have for them that you have yet to ask them in, in the time that you've spent together? Um, Well, uh, I tell you what, I've got got my backup question here, which is, um, I was wondering if you guys have a division of labor, like how do you, are you both, are you both designing or do you have some kind of division of labor in the office and how do you, how do you figure out who does what? Uh, should I enter? Uh, you can, you, either of you can, you can overlap, you can interrupt Uh, each other, you don't have to ask, you can just... Ask. But okay, now answer. The mu- yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're good. still we're live. Good. We're still live. Oh, I thought the music was. Yeah, okay, no, no. Uh, I'm going to answer this, and it's very quickly. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, quick. I think Hjalti and I, we do everything together, basically. Sometimes they're like small, smaller things that, um, like a little CD for a friend of ours, and he's more my friend, 
then I would do that by myself. But I would still show it to Yalti. But everything else, everything um, uh, uh, bigger than that or more involved like that, we just basically do together completely. And the only division of labor that we have in the office is that maybe I am more the guy who takes care of the um, hardware stuff, and he's more the guy who uh, 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 does the um, what's it called this program? Yeah, the, the <laughs> quick, uh, quick, <laughs> quick and like the quick and pro. Oh, taxes! Yeah. So, taxes so is Yelty money. is the he money man. That, yeah, and, and I do really. a little bit of like I don't know buying computers or, or whatever. That, but but everything yeah. else is completely this fifty-fifty. Okay, well we have to take another break. Um, Marion, you stay on the line with us. Um, I'd like to let everybody know that they're listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guests today are designers Jan Vilker and Yelty Carlson, partners at Carlson Vilker. We'll be right back with our broadcast after these messages, so please don't go away. Strengthening your financial goals. The leader in business talk radio. Voice America Business. Welcome back to Voices of Design. We're speaking with Paul Sidlow of design agency Resonate. Paul, where do you see technology taking us in terms of design? I think that you know, we're kind of reaching that, that point in time where we have this tremendous opportunity to uh, and responsibility to use these tools to create wonder and create free energy. Free energy is this ability to have an idea and I, I connect and I'm enabled to get any kind of information frictionlessly, perfectly presented in a way that is easily understood. Simplicity is uh, one of the, the greatest final destinations of great design. If you can simplify it to one thing, then, it, then it's a phenomenally functional piece of art in terms of how it functions around point in time. You've been listening to Voices of Design, brought to you by Adobe. For more information, visit adobe.com. 200 years ago, Lewis and Clark discovered the West. That is, if you don't count the millions of American Indians who discovered it first. Because Lewis and Clark left one civilization only to find dozens of others that, despite everything, are still here today. Walk with Lewis and Clark at lewisandclark200.org and see what you discover, because their trail winds through us all. This is a public service message of the National Council of the Lewis and Clark Bicentennial, the Missouri Historical Society, and the Ad Council. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. We're back with Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you have a question for Debbie, feel free to call us at 866-472-5790. Once again, here's the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back. It is 3.50 Eastern Time, and you're listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I'm your host, Debbie Millman, and my guests today are designers Jan Vilker and Yalti Carlson, partners at Carlson Vilker. We also have Marion Banshees, celebrated illustrator, designer, author, good friend on the line with us from Bowen Island in Canada. Welcome back, Marion. Hi. And we thought that the four of us would have a nice little afternoon chat, ten minutes before the end of the show, and just a few hours before in the United States is Memorial Day weekend. 
So, Marion, any questions for the boys? We haven't seen them in a while. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Another another question is, um, you guys, I sort of know your work as a um, a particular style, which I think is probably an earlier style of yours, which was, you know, you did a lot of stuff in those black and white boxy kinds of things. Do you do you feel you have a style? Do you consciously uh, do things in a particular way, or or has it kind of broken loose since those days? I think this black and white boxy style is just um, by now very oh sorry louder. It's by now it's very easy to do for us, and this is like our little fallback uh, uh, plan. Is that what you if do when you're lazy, or do you do it <laughs> when you're? No, I think Meaning we're we always lazy. We yeah. do this when we work extremely hard. But we cannot come up with a good idea. Ah. Then we fall back on this. It has nothing to do with laziness. <laughs> <laughs> We're never lazy. So, <laughs> so do you think that designers should have a signature style? Do you think that you should be able to look at something and say, ah, Carlson Vilker did that, or Stefan did that, or Paula did that, or Marion did that? Or do you think that it's better to have a look that people have to wonder about and uh, question? What do you think? Marion, you can answer this too. Uh, I, I, um, I, uh, that really depends. I, there's, it's almost an unanswerable question for me, Debbie. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but God, I have all three these really <laughs> tough people yeah. on the with me. <laughs> that's I can't a get one answer to one question today. I'm sick. I have <laughs> <laughs> cold. Okay, so what about you guys? Do you think that it's important for a designer to have a signature style, or do you think it's better to be able to sort of flit across different styles? I, I, mean, I have a quick answer. I mean, I don't think it's important that a designer has a style, but I think quite often they do, sort of without knowing or realizing it. Like, okay. and especially if you do this for like five or ten years, fifteen years, you start to sort of, you know, you start to using the same colors and typeface, ty- same typeface. <laughs> so, so sort of without, sort of, uh, yeah, maybe un- unconsciously you do have a have a style. What does success mean to you? I think it's something else now than ten years ago. Okay, so what was it ten years ago, and what is it now? Uh, Ten years ago, I I always thought that if you were on these... No, this is sounds silly. Don't censor yourself. I want you to say... I think as a designer, and since this is a design show, I would say, and this is only like uh, regarding the design... Uh, world or mm-hmm. life or whatever um, is I thought that success would be I don't know being uh, I remember being a student and have never been to New York and I remember myself thinking wow if I would ever work for or t- would have anything to do with the art directors club in New York I, I would be a made man I would be rich mm-hmm. I would be famous I would have um, everything a boat and a helicopter, but um, which you do <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that big <laughs> fits in my pocket, and and then uh, and now it's not because you've it's already achieved that. You were a young gun, and but where is the helicopter and in your pocket? And all this <laughs> <laughs> the paper <laughs> I helicopter. I wouldn't call it a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> so so does that mean that your definition of success has changed, or it's not quite what you expected to be it to be? No, I mean I'm extremely happy the way everything is. I, I think I. Yeah. The, the way everything is now is a huge success. I would call it successful. I'm extremely happy with everything. 
Yeah, we, I mean, you know, we have the office. It's, I think it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. We, no, we like it's, it. So is having your own company everything that you expected it to be, aside from not quite as easy as you hoped? I mean, looking back, I think it was great that it was harder than, than I thought. Mm-hmm. I think then we can just appreciate it much more where we are now. Like every, every month we can pay the rent for the apartment and, and, and the uh, uh, studio is, is great. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the best. So what do you see next for Carlson Vilker? What are some of the things that you hope to accomplish in the future? That's, I, like, I want to say one thing to this. And I think from like when it was hard in the very few, uh, uh, first few months, I think we started um, not really thinking too much about the future. We would only um, um, kind of renew our vows for this uh relationship for for one year mm-hmm. because i think that was this little psychological trick to to convince ourselves that um it is not that it wouldn't be that bad to to, to stop this studio mm-hmm. that we are not too attached to it and that just it makes the whole thing feel much lighter and not too heavy and you can't sleep and sleepless nights and everything is just bad so we said hey let's do this for one more year one year is like a nice kind of like a time frame and then we'll meet again January next year we'll get wasted and then uh, we will ask ourselves hey and do you want to do this for one more year and then we say yes or no and I mean so far both of us always said yes but I think this really still is true for today I think I think it's a good feeling for me and for him to be able to um, tell the other person listen I'm going to do this for one more year and then that's it I want to do something else mm-hmm. and just the um just to know that it's possible to tell this to your business partner, I think, is 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 great. It's and it makes everything just feel so much lighter and and it's just yeah. Yeah, it's sort of. I think it's really. I think this really. I mean, and I, and, I, and this is something that we didn't really plan. This is just somehow how it evolved. Mm-hmm. And I think it's still like again, like like Jan says, like. If I, th- I think he, like if he would come to me in a few months and he would just really say, okay, I've had enough, I'm going there, let's end this, it's it's sort of okay. It's not like you know there is no like five year plan or ten year. Like I think neither one of us would sort of mm. freak out or go crazy or. I guess if you would tell this to a business person, he would just be like, yeah, they you guys are morons. They you might freak out. <laughs> and be like, no, it's yeah. good the way it is, and let's just see. I, I guess business-wise, it's maybe not the smartest, but for us, it's just the it's way we, yeah. we want to do it. Yeah. Well, it's certainly working. So, yeah. gentlemen, we've come to the end of our broadcast. Sadly, we're having so much fun. I want to thank you very much for joining me today. I'd also like to uh, say thank you to our sponsor, Adobe, and my executive producer, Brian Travis at Voice America, Lisa Grant and Jen Simon at Sterling, even with all of their annoying but affectionate little quirks. Joining me next week on Design Matters are Josh Lieberson and Ethan Trask, partners at Helicopter Design. Marion, you still with us? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank you, too, for calling, my dear friend. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And remember, we can talk about making a difference, we can make a difference, or we can do both. I am Debbie Millman, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Voice America Business would like to thank you for tuning in for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Be sure to listen every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for another exciting hour of Design Matters. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business.